This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of Cafe Connect, where we bring you the latest research from the University of Aberdeen. My name is Barbara Gorgoni, and I'm part of the public engagement with research unit here at the university. In this series, we meet different researchers who talk about their work and its relevance to our life. If you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. Please email peru at abdn.ac.uk. That's p-e-r-u at abdn.ac.uk. And we will put your questions and comments to our speakers. So today, I am delighted to welcome Professor Ignacio Canales, who's Chair in Strategic Management at the Business School of the University of Aberdeen. So welcome, Ignacio. Thank you very much, Barbara. We'll discuss the end of strategy and how it affects business competition. And also uh, a bit of warning that at the end of this recording, we'll have a special guest recording. So it's worth waiting uh, to the end. So, um, Ignacio, first of all, what do we mean by strategy? Well, strategy in short is how companies compete with one another for customers. Each organization has to be able to analyze their competition and they then make a decision on how will they compete. And that is what strategy is about. It's about the plans you do for the future. It's about what would you do if a contingency happens. For example, if you manufacture cars, you would need to know how the other car manufacturers are doing so that you take action in that regard. But you also need to make sure that you know if there are any newcomers to the industry, like for example, Tesla is for the car industry. It's a new type of car that is a new entrant and in a way is substituting what we know about cars. So the talk today is about the end of strategy, but I thought I would explain what strategy is first. Now, the end of strategy comes into being when you think of the huge giants that dominate the business landscape today. Companies like Apple or Google or Netflix or Alibaba or Amazon or Microsoft or Facebook or many others that you may be thinking about have grown to such sizes that they already are bigger than a small country. I'll give you a a small example. For example, Alphabet, which is the holding company of Google, is as big as Hungary. Microsoft uh, is as big as Morocco. There are other companies like, uh, for example, Facebook is two times Sudan and Amazon is as big as Finland. So this gives you an idea of how big they have become. And the problem with becoming so big in this digital world is that they are able to take over other industries that would have been otherwise not easy to conquer because of the because without the digital economy it was impossible to move from industry to industry with the digital economy you have things like blared industry boundaries and that makes it easier for amazon for example to enter into an additional business also there's a characteristic of the digital economy in which business models can be imitated very easily 
So if, for example, if you, if you want to start up a new Uber, you'd be able to start it with no problem. The, the only problem that you will find is that Uber already exists, but you could copy the business model and that won't be illegal. So it happens with these companies that they grow very quickly and they overtake other companies in other industries. And that is where the end of strategy comes into being. Because if strategy is how do you compete with other businesses, and then you have these humongous giants which are entering your industry, and without warning, you don't know how to compete with them. And for example, one of the main tools that is used to analyze uh, competitiveness in strategic management is called the Portis Five Forces, which is made of the bargaining power of suppliers, the bargaining power of buyers, the threat of new entrants, and the threat of new substitutes. So for any industry that you're operating, if the threat of new entrants and the threat of new substitutes is a humongously big threat given by these giants, then it means that no business is free from having one of these giants coming into your industry. And that's where competition becomes perhaps irrelevant and strategy has an end. Let me give you some examples of these giants and how they have uh, taken action over the last couple of months because this is an issue that changes a lot on a daily basis. So, for example, I hope you knew that Apple buys one company on average per month. The last one they bought was a company called Turi Inc., which was once a promising artificial intelligence startup in Seattle. They had helped create software that uses machine learning, and their technology was so promising that Apple went and bought it for $200 million. That happened just uh, the last couple of days. A little before that, a company called Salesforce, uh, which is brilliant in uh, sales and marketing, decided they wanted to buy another company called Slack, which is a chat company. And they paid the handsome sum of $20 billion for it. Now, take into account that Slack has never earned a single penny. Now, what is happening is that in the world of the digital giants, they're thinking that email as a means of communication is dying. And so when, when the email is dying, there will be other ways of communicating. And Slack is exactly that. It's like an inside chat tool within the company. A couple of years ago, Microsoft had thought of buying Slack and actually they were thinking of paying roughly the same amount, but they decided to develop MS Office and MS Teams further. So look at this landscape. It's a really difficult landscape, but for a moment, let's look for inspiration into some things that are slightly different. If you think of a fox, for example, like the foxes that we see in the UK all the time, have you ever wondered what's the long-term goal of a fox? Or what is the strategy of a fox? The foxes actually live in a world of giants, and the giants are us. We, we are probably extremely powerful to them. And they just manage to get their way around us and survive quite well. Now, who are the new entrants for the foxes? Are there new uh, people coming in all the time to uh, take away their resources. Yeah, of course. Imagine when the bin man comes, they take away their food. 
But how does the fox survive? The fox survives because they adapt in a minute, small day-to-day -day adaptation. And that day-to-day -day, to -day adaptation is the one that makes them stay alive. And this is my first insight. How to compete with the giants? Well, remember the fox. Just do what you do on a daily basis. Try to keep your customers the best you can. Try to prevent the giants from stepping over you. But be aware that the giants are there. They're, no, they're going nowhere. The second uh, inspirational element I wanted to discuss is perhaps think of the condor. The giant Andean condor can stay flying for five hours without flapping his wings. And what is that? Well, that's a humongous skill. And they have to be aware of their skill. That's what I would invite you to do. Take very good care of the skills that your company has, because that is what develops your distinctiveness. Making you aware of the skills will help you combat the giants to the best of your ability, because at least you will know who you are. Other ideas of how to uh, compete against the, the giants can come with notions like the guerrilla war. Guerrilla war is like well, and have been totally conquered. I try to do the best I can in the few spaces that I am allowed to do it. The word guerrilla surprisingly comes from Spanish, and it was first coined during the uh, French invasion of Spain. And they were so overwhelmed that they just came back. The only way that they could come back was with a guerrilla, which means a little war. Uh, if you think of the resistance in France during the Second World War, it's about the same thing. So that is an inspirational element. If you cannot face your enemy up front, well, you do it on the side. And on this notion, I have an academic paper which would bore you to death to read it, but probably I will um, give you a hint of what it's about. And it speaks about affordances and how you adapt to those affordances. Affordances are what the environment offers you. You have to hone your skills and your capability of understanding what the environment offers you and then react to that on a daily basis. It's that daily reaction as the fox adapts every day to where the food is or as the condor flies looking for different things and taking advantage of their skills. Is that keeping up with an everyday what will make you strong. And in this day-to-day -day practice, it's just you and your circumstances. And forgive me if I use another philosopher here, but that was a, a statement by Ortega y Gasset, who basically said, it's not only you, but you and what happens to you. And that interaction is what keeps uh, organizations afloat. Now, lately, there's been a new development in this giant becoming bigger and bigger. And it is that the governments are taking action to control the giants. And that is definitely helping you as a normal, relatively small company. For example, recently Uber in the UK um, was forced to consider their drivers as employees and then pay them minimum wage and national insurance and holidays like any normal employee. That is very good news for everyone because at least it's a way to control the giants. A couple of days ago, a very interesting development happened and uh, 
the founder of uh, Alibaba was about to launch a revolutionary banking system in China. And hours before the event took place, everything was put on hold and he was taken off air and hasn't appeared since. It's obvious that the Chinese government didn't like the idea, uh, which is good. It means that at least one of the giants has been put under control. And finally, uh, very recently in the UK, there has been this discussion of the tech tax, which is supposed to be about 1% of the revenue, which is not uh, a small amount. Um, but the, obviously the US has threatened with retaliation if this happens. So it's a war that is still going to be uh, developed. So in sum, the way to combat or to uh, counterattack what giants are doing are several. The first one is keep close to your customer. That contact, daily contact with the customer is your big defense. And second, also, there's this uh, big help from the government that is being provided lately. Now, this is all I wanted to discuss today. But now we have the real privilege of listening to Mauricio Quiroga, who is actually one of those fighting the giants. I had the privilege to interview Mauricio a while back, and now I will play the interview and what we discuss then. Welcome everyone. This is Mauricio Quiroga. Mauricio is a leader of a company that uh, applies artificial intelligence to generate fresh cash in a fast way. He's also an economist and an MBA from Berkeley. Today, we're discussing the end of strategy. Mauricio, we discussed a little while ago that since a strategy was created to generate a monopoly in a way Michael Porter designed the five forces so the company could become as close as possible to a monopoly. If in the world today, there seems to be so many monopolies in every area like Google and Apple and so on, then is it the end of strategy? Well, thank you, Ignacio, for this opportunity. And, and your question is uh, quite interesting. I think it's a uh, strategy as we know it, uh, I, in my point of view, it's a thing that has to be totally reconfigurated. And why is that? Uh, in, in my point of view, we are seeing a totally different world as the one that we have before. And remember that uh, to understand the five forces, you always have to do the SWOT analysis. So if we made a SWOT analysis today, uh, it, it's, it's changed completely. The, the configuration of, of how companies compete are to, totally different. And that's why is that? Because we have a, an enormous crisis, we are seeing a new era in my point of view. Uh, all the relationships that we are seeing yesterday that were strange, like what the thing that we are doing right now is totally normal right now. So, so I can do business globally. A lot of companies are going out of, out of business, especially those that lives or their business model are upon, okay, let's gather a lot of people and make business upon that. No? So let's take a restaurant, an office, a cinema, all those kind of businesses are, are changing quite fast. And that uh, hyper competition has made this like a war. We are living like a war, this hyper competition. Think of this quarantine is similar to getting bombed. We have the economical experience of bombing, of the sad bombings of the two world war. No? London was, was, was bombed, Frankfurt was bombed, and nobody gets uh, went out 
home to buy anything at all. So we understand right now the, the economics uh, dynamics of those kind of things. And the economics published an article that we are living in a war. We are not living in a, in a common situation. So if you are living in a war, in my point of view, you, the uh, strategical tools are not suitable anymore because those tools that are great tools are designed for a different reality. So if you think who has the most knowledge on how to manage huge complex situations like the one we are seeing right now, the military. So in my point of view, we have to use elements for the military doctrine and get those elements and merge it with the traditional strategy and think totally different as the way in we are thinking right now. So you use if you use traditional tools, for instance, okay, let's let's have a meeting, let's plan, let's let's analyze SWOT to develop a strategy, then to implement the strategy, then to control that strategy. That is not suitable anymore because the world is moving too fast. So the all so the technology, the the philosophy uh, that groups all this knowledge of the humankind uh, to manage extreme situation is in the military doctrine. So for instance, an example, uh, maneuver. Maneuver is a, a military concept. So, and we in companies don't use maneuver as much as we should use it because it's how I move resources tactically in terms of competitors. And right now, yes. But let me interrupt you. And what is this military uh, tactics has, has to do with um, having huge companies that absorb other companies all the time that become bigger and bigger than countries uh, and with, with whom you cannot compete? That, that's an excellent question because it's exactly the point and in that the answer for that in my point of view is guerrillas. You have to use guerrillas to compete with these huge companies because they, they are, if you compare it to an army, they are too big, they have too much power. And the only way to compete myself as, as a small company is to use these maneuvers, these uh, guerrilla st uh, strategies, guerrilla tactics. And that's the way to compete with these big, big corporations that uh, provide also with the hyper competitive environment that we are seeing. So if I use traditional strategy, we, to try to compete with artif Google artificial intelligence or Amazon artificial, I, I will be totally lost. I have to use guerrilla strategies to go in a special way to the clients, to understand where is the client, to personalize my services, a lot of different uh, ways of doing so, using uh, talent in Indonesia, in other countries to be competitive. So it's a totally different uh, point of view. We have in our company missions, we follow the missions, we see the results of the mission, we, hit, we have a common center in which we understand everything that's going on. But saying that is very important to, to say, strategy is great, it's a great tool, uh, the, the business strategy. What you have to do is to reorganize that, to reconfigure that to the new situation that we are seeing right now. Hmm? And how did you see companies like Amazon, for example, that have become almighty and the owner of Amazon is worth more than, I don't know, anything before. How do you compete against that? What are the gorillas that you will use to compete against that? That's an excellent question. And, and I also like to say judo. You have to use <laughs> judo. Yes, you have to use their own power to make judo with them. So I, I use their 
their platforms of artificial intelligence that I use their platform of uh, having data. And since they are very open in terms of, of their prices and their costs, I configurate products that they are not able to reach, special niches. Uh, and that's why copy paste their enormous platforms or I use their platform, their, their machine learning platforms, and I go to the, to the niche that they are not able to serve. And those niches are enormous because uh, the world is growing very fast. The fastest growing countries in the world are in uh, China, are in Asia, of course, and in Latin America. Latin America, not today because we are, we are seeing a, a, an enormous crisis. However, the fastest growing countries in the world are Latin American countries and Asian countries. And Amazon is not able to uh, serve all of those countries. So this is a very particular time because I can use Amazon, Google infrastructure, billions of dollars of, of infrastructure. So I come, I enter to those markets. So for instance, I enter to an Argentinian market with an Argentinian company and uh, the, my clients say to me, okay, Mauricio, how, how much is your investment? And I said, $20 billion. What? Yes, I use $20 billion infrastructure. I rent that infrastructure, but it's all $20 billion. I use Amazon, I use Google, I use all this technology, and I rent that technology. I don't, didn't invest $20 billion. So that's the way in which you face these uh, enormous, efficient uh, companies. So it's surprising what you're saying. You're saying basically that the small dog can still find a place amongst the spaces that are left by these humongous dinosaurs that walk and leave uh, opportunities. Exactly, that's that's the only way to do so. And uh, as I told you before, we use guerrillas strategies to, to go and find places. And what we, uh, what we want to, 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 to do, or, or what we want to happen is that Amazon buys. <laughs> that's their dream or Google. And that's all the small companies are, are going to niches. Their dream is, okay, exit strategy. You know why Google, I'm a nice <laughs> company play, place buys, no? And in that way, that's uh, also a situation that I, I think will, will change in, in, uh, in some years because the Congress here is discussing about antitrust laws for these among us uh, companies. Well, that's a topic for another interview another day. Thank yes. you very much, Mauricio. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks to you. Okay. Um... Thank you very much. This has been uh, really a fascinating journey into the uh, world of business competition and uh, how to fight uh, the giants. And uh, um, thank you very much, uh, Ignacio, um, for your uh, contributions and uh, your insight. And uh, um, thank you to your special guest, uh, Mauricio Quiroga. So to our listeners, remember that if you have any questions or comments about this topic, please email us at peru at abdn.ac.uk. And please keep your eyes and ears open for our next Cafe Connect podcast. Thank you for listening and goodbye. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.